Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. This is Marshall Fant with GFA Missions. Welcome back to our podcast, ReChurch. This will be the second podcast of a two-part series on helping ladies in the church. And the purpose of ReChurch is to, the name itself, R-E colon church, everything about the church. And this is equipping one another. And we define a healthy church as a church that glorifies God by equipped disciples, continually making disciples. And part of the disciple-making process is, of course, the Titus II model of women helping women. So the purpose of this podcast is to deal with pregnancy loss and other heartbreaking issues uh, from the women's side. And uh, before I introduce our our panel here, uh, I want to go back to a statement I said in our first podcast that every church we've been in except for one is made up of more women than men. So the purpose of this is to help pastors, pastoral staff, pastors' wives, women in the church, to be equipped to minister to other women in the church during very difficult, heartbreaking mm-hmm. times. Okay, so that's kind of where we're going. So uh, first, Dr. Carol Losher, welcome back. Just Thank a you. brief introduction of yourself again. Okay, Carol Losher. I trained as an OBGYN and was able to use that training on the mission field about 18 years in West Africa. Now I'm in France, and I don't use those skills in France, but I do go back very frequently to West Africa. I just returned from Togo yesterday, so that's my story. Thank you, and thanks for ministering to so many. And Rachel? I'm Rachel Verla, and um, missionary. We worked with Carol, and we've mm-hmm. been my husband in Cameroon. In Cameroon, mm-hmm. and my husband and I have been there for 14 years now. Great. And um, he is actually there right now, yeah. <laughs> and I'm here great. for just a short time. But it's a pleasure yeah. to be here. It's great to have you with us in Thank person. You. All right, Gretchen. Gretchen Fant, and we ministered in Rock Hill, South Carolina, at Harvest Baptist Church for 21 years, and now we are back in the Greenville, South Carolina area. Actually, in Easley is where we're living, but we're working with GFA Missions, mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing now. And I, per, I have a personal um, and actually a church um, relationship with a lot of women and, and counseling, and mm-hmm. I do that quite a bit. Good, so. good. So the purpose of this one, and I'm going to let Carol lead us off. So in our, our previous podcast, we talked about pregnancy loss, really the miscarriage side of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, this time we're going to focus more on the stillbirth and then how to, what are the, really the, the long-term benefits of ministry in this area? Gretchen talk about that. And then, and then really maybe some, how do you deal with it? So that's kind of what we'll be dealing with. So Carol, if you could, Dr. Losher, kind of explain to us um, stillbirth versus miscarriage, uh, just to set that stage again, please. Okay. Um, Generally, we speak of pregnancy loss, but that entails sort of two things. The first would be miscarriage, and a miscarriage generally is much more common. About 80% of the losses are miscarriages, and that tends to be in the first three months of pregnancy. 
Then we talk about stillbirth. Stillbirth is basically a word we use to describe a baby that can easily be identified as a tiny little baby. It has its fingers, toes, eyelids, the features of a baby. And that kind of loss, a stillbirth, can often be held in one's hand, whereas a miscarriage is unlike that. All right, great. Thank you. All right, so Gretchen, uh, walk us through uh, first, you know, your experience, uh, your testimony through this, and how it affected you both emotionally and spiritually, and um, as you went, as you walked through this, and by the way, just so everybody knows, uh, Dr. Losher was our doctor our, uh, as we walked through down this mm-hmm. path, so that's the other reason, I forgot to mention that, that she's involved, mm-hmm. because she ministered to us, and we learned a lot through that, so Gretchen... Uh, Yes, I actually experienced both a miscarriage and a delivery of a still stillborn uh, baby, and my miscarriage was uh, happened shortly after my last son, my my son was born, uh, maybe a couple of years, and it was right at eight weeks. And um, you know, I, I appreciate a lot about what we talked about in the first podcast: the fact that everyone's different. You can't predict a lot of the things. You don't really know how you react. And, and there's no bad or good about any of it. It's just, it's just different. And honestly, the, um, the miscarriage I had at eight weeks did not affect me um, much. I mean, I knew I was pregnant and then I lost the baby and I just accepted that as from the Lord's hand. And it didn't, I mean, wasn't because I was spiritual. It just didn't really affect me, and I hadn't told anybody, so it wasn't a huge deal. Uh, then about a year or so after that, I was expecting again, and this was a really a very different pregnancy for me because my oldest daughter uh, was a nurse since she was about um, – six years old, she was a nurse, and she kept all my stats, and she'd tell me every week how big the baby was, and um, she, you know, would inform me, she's still telling me what to do uh, to this day, but she was even back then telling me, you know, what I should be doing, shouldn't be doing, that sort of thing, she was very much involved, and it was really a neat, very neat thing, so right at my, um, uh, when I was into my 19th week, um, I uh, that back then, that's when they did the ultrasounds, and that's when I went in to have my ultrasound. And immediately after they hooked me up, I, I'll never forget. He said, "There's something wrong here." And what had happened is the child had had pulled away from the from the uterine wall, and I could see it just floating in there. Just and as I mentioned last time, my first yeah, reaction Elizabeth was with you. Elizabeth was with me. I took her with me. And Carol, oh, you and were not the doctor there, right? No, she yeah. was not. Carol yeah. was not the one that um, gave was there for the ultrasound. But um, I, I, I will never forget that. Just my, my first reaction was just leave me alone, mm. <laughs> you know. And I remember driving home and, and my daughter asked me questions and and just not knowing how to, what to do about this. And then, as I mentioned last time, after about 24 hours, the thought of not doing something was making me crazy. And so I called uh, Carol and said, I, I, I just, I can't, all I could see was that ultrasound. And I knew there was a baby in there, and I did not want that baby in there anymore. Right. And I knew that, and I, I, I was so thankful that, that uh, she was very um, sure, you know, that's, that's great. And, and, and we went in, and, and um, so 
she was very non-invasive, but but Carol. Carol was yeah. very non-invasive as far as uh, what we did. But anyway, the, so so we did deliver um, the baby, and here again, it it, right, it can, can, I ask, can yes. we start? So yeah. Carol, as you would, as you're helping a patient at this point before delivery of the stillborn, is there any? words of advice you would give to the, what, what kind of questions would you ask a patient to think through at this point? I like the way that you said questions, because to me, I feel like I can take care of the process medically. It's not that complicated. You're not worrying about doing harm to the baby, but it's important to me at this point to support the mother. So often I'll ask the mother, what, is there anything you want? Do you have any questions right now? Are we keeping you comfortable enough, et cetera? And it's interesting. Some people are very afraid of a high comfort level. They're more afraid of the analgesia than the process, whereas other people don't want to feel anything, don't want to almost know anything. So I think it's important to say, what do you want? Okay. And, again, appreciate the way you walked our family through this. So, Gretchen, uh, if you can pick it up there um, as far as so you go into delivery. And um, this is something that's kind of a little bit almost embarrassing. Cause you, I, the, you talk about the shame and all this in the first five gets Every single one of those things I think you, you feel at one point. But I remember the nurses were so sweet, and they, they took this little baby, that, um, and they put him in a little basket, and they brought him to me and said, do you want to hold him? And I looked at him, and he looked to me like a picture in a – in a book, you know, of a, of a, of a developing, you know, baby. I, I looked deaf. I mean, you could, you could see um, definitely parts and all that, but I did not want to touch him. And, and I felt a lot of guilt about that because I thought, how could you not want to touch your baby? But I don't know why I didn't want to touch him. And I, to this day, I don't know why, but I, I didn't want to hold him. I, I didn't, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. But, Carol, I, you I did. You held him for us. Oh, yeah. It's strange how I, I there are many deliveries I don't remember, but something that involves a lot of grief tends to make a deep impression. And I do remember that. And naturally, I think there's something that I'm very comfortable with anything like that, frankly. I see it a lot. And I think that as a physician, you're used to handling death as well as life, but I don't think many other people are used to handling death and then it's your own baby. Right. So to me, I find that a lot of people don't reach out and hold that baby. They'll look just like Gretchen. And I didn't realize that it had ever occurred to Gretchen as being unusual that she didn't want to hold that baby because mm. I've seen that over and over. A lot of mm. people want to see it. They need some closure right. and I think right. it's good. But there's nothing magical about holding it. In some people's mind, it's almost a little eerie or odd. So Gretchen's reaction is very normal. And that's just an example how some people um, feel shame and grief when, from another person's perspective, there should be none there. Thank you for saying Thank that. you. I'm so glad we did this podcast so Rachel. I can find out that that, that was a normal reaction because <laughs> I have always felt yeah. bad about that. Yeah. Well, it's very normal. When I was Actually, in, in retrospect, it's more unusual for a mother to pick up 
the baby, especially an, a stillbirth that's earlier like that. Mm -hmm. That's that's really the exception. Okay. Rachel, I have two uh, instances with the same with the stillbirth, and one of them was um, actually the baby was born live, but only survived for mm -hmm. a couple mm -hmm. hours, and the mother never even looked at the baby. I mean, as soon as it was so delivered, you weren't the mother just, on this. No, oh, just okay. took it away. She didn't want it. Yeah. She right. didn't name it. Didn't want to look at it. Didn't want anybody else looking at it. And then my brother-in-law, his wife mm -hmm. had mm -hmm. twins, and one of them they delivered them early because one of them had died. Right. And they actually held it. There's a picture of both their hands mm. on the baby, and um, and so they're both okay. It's okay. Right. Is, is that yeah. the whole? Yeah. Fine. Yes. Yeah. It's it's what is what works for you. What is best for yeah. you emotionally. Yeah. Right, and that's where what, what Carol said in the first podcast was so important, that really most of our, uh, at, particularly at first, we just need to be there for people. We don't need to be, uh, you know, judging them in any way or confronting them on any wrong ideas or, I mean, just encouraging and upholding them and letting them know this is normal and you're good, you did a great, you know, you're fine and and we're here for you, that sort of thing. Uh and that's that's really what I felt that I had. We had a um, we did have a, a funeral for the for the baby and named um, him. David. We named him, and that helped bring closure. And um, so that was good. It did, but I still it, it's it, it it lasted for a long time. I mean, like I like I'm telling you, even today when I talk about it even as long as it's been, and I'm not a particularly emotional person, but I always cry <laughs> because, and I'm mm -hmm. not sure why that is. But um, All right, so. so let's talk about the um, the way God uses this. Okay, mm -hmm. so God, again, Second Corinthians 1, he gives us comfort to turn and comfort others. So what are the, um, what have been the ministry opportunities, Gretchen? from this and carol and rachel you can come in as well what have been those those ministry opportunities as a result of what god took you through here i can think of a, a fairly recent one and um i end up using a lot of the things that helped me one, one thing that things that helped me was to journal and because i i realized very early on that uh people can help you but i needed a word from god i needed god to mm -hmm to really speak to me. And this is a, this is a wonderful thing that I, I really believe uh, when you are going through a, a difficult time that you need to beg God for a word from him because that's where he has, and I've used this be word before, that he has, in, he in, has entrusted you mm -hmm. with a trial. And you, I think we need to look at it from that perspective that I have been entrusted with this. And um, there is, I, I always try to, uh, eventually when things have calmed down, I try to, to convince women, first of all, that there is purpose, that th this is not random. And I think uh, Rachel uh, alluded to this a little bit. This is not a random thing. This is God has expanded your ministry mm -hmm. and in ways that you, you don't even have any idea. And so when I uh, talk to people, I try to, to um, to convince them of that with with verses um, on trials, there are a lot, there are a lot in James and First Peter. First Peter is a wonderful book on suffering, and um, sometimes I'll have them go through the entire book and mark every reference to suffering and what it teaches or trials. And 
uh, I just recently talked with a woman that was it's very interesting how it happened. She called uh, probably about uh, five or six years ago when we were still pastoring in Rock Hill because someone had referred her and she had lost a child. But this was a child who was like six months old. So this was uh, something I had not experienced. But after dealing with her with the basic, and she had, this is, had been a while. So she was starting to have like what Carol referred to as those bad responses. Those, they're really sin responses when we don't want, yeah. we don't like what the path that God has given us. This is God's path, okay? Right. And we don't like it. And that's okay to, when you're processing, but eventually you have to come to the point where you realize that God has a purpose for his path and his ways are not our ways. And she, this had been probably a couple years down the road. And I just, I told her, I said, you've got to be journaling, searching the scriptures. But she was, she had had some really, um, she was going through a really rough time. And so I said to her, I said, you know, bottom line is you need order from God. Mm. I said, I can tell you, all sorts of stuff, and you are a mature believer. You know the scriptures, and I can remind you and stir you up and all these things. But you need to beg God because it, when God speaks to you, every, nothing else matters. And I, I, I was thinking of that, that verse even in uh, as, uh, refers to salvation when it says, talking about the law, and it says that every mouth may be stopped. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that's the way it is when God speaks to you through his word. You remember those verses, and you remember so what God has told you. So I told her that, and then I don't remember talking to her after that, but I saw her just and heard her testimony just about six months ago because now she's we're, in this, we're living in the same area, and we re, uh, reunited in terms of, you know, she reminded me who she was, and, I, and then we talked, and, and she gave a testimony, and she said when I told her that, she started really searching the scriptures and saying, Lord, this is your word. You have got to speak to me through this. You've got to show me. And she said God really came, just showed her some wonderful verses of where her view of, of, of him was wrong and her view of life and trials and all these. And she can tell you, she, she remembers those verses. And when God, when God spoke to her through his word, there was there was no arguing, and, and so some other verses on that Romans chapter five. I know you can use some of those, starting verse three. So, uh, you know Romans five three. Uh, I've heard you say these, you know, but we also glory in our tribulations, our right. trials, knowing that tribulation produces right. perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope, and the hope does not disappoint because the love of God is before our hearts in the Holy Spirit. That's wonderful. To us. That's a wonderful passage. So I know that's one passage. Is Are there other verses that you would recommend that people, if they d- have not gotten a word from the Lord, they could they could go to? Well, the, the what God used for me, and I, I did, I started journaling, and I started just writing down everything that, you know, this is when verses pop off the page. It's not when you're having a great time yeah. and there's no conflict and everything's going great. It's when you're really in despair or not, maybe despair is not the right word, but you're really hurting, okay? And the verses that God used for me that really turned me around were Revelation 4.11, where um, God says um, that he, uh, that Revelation 4.11 um 
It says, uh, worthy are you, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor, honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. That verse, and then also as Isaiah 43, 7, I was looking at cross-references, and it basically I've already, Isaiah 43, 7 says, I have made my people for my glory. And it just dawned on me. It was like God just opened that up and showed me, this was not your baby. Mm-hmm. He's my, he was my baby. Mm-hmm. And I created for my purpose, not for your purpose. And he fulfilled his purpose in you by changing you, by letting you know who's, in, <laughs> who's boss, you know, by, by this is your path, basically. But may, it was more of, all of a sudden, I realized that that baby was not even mine, and I was uh, acting like he was, and that I was almost kind of like mad, you know, that I didn't, you know. That's kind of that's hard to tell somebody else. Now, I can give some of that testimony to somebody, but I can't right. tell somebody else, "Hey, that baby wasn't even yours." I mean, or if you do, yeah, yeah. if you do, you better be really yeah. sure you're led by the Spirit and the timing yeah. is right. But see, God can say that to me. And, and it was just like a light went on, and God had spoken, and I knew he had spoken, and that settled it for me. And that's what I've used many right. times. So as you have helped other people, and Carol, you and Rachel, just speak in where you want to. All right, so as far as some resources we can put in the show notes, uh, God also used a situation with another lady in our church yes. who had uh, the same thing happen, and her name was Kathy. And you sat down and wrote her a letter. And uh, yeah. so tell everyone what happened to this letter years okay. later as you were talking to Kathy. So this became a way God used what he did with you and his baby. So tell us about Kathy. I, um, I, I got out my notes because I get, my friend Kathy, had she had several miscarriages. And uh, she called me, or I can't remember how I found out, but we, we talked about it, that she had had another miscarriage. So I got out my notes that I had taken when I, when I was, when, right after mine, my, uh, after David was born. And I, I went through them, and I wrote her a letter and said, you know, this is what happened to me, and this is what God showed me. And then I forgot about it. I, I didn't think another thing about it. She thanked me for it. Then 10 years later, um, I, I, she called me again for something. We were talking about something. She lived in a different town. We lived in different towns. And she said, I, I sent someone your letter. And I said, what letter? <laughs> and she said, <laughs> she said, the letter you sent me after I had my last miscarriage. And I, I thought about it. I, I, I honestly didn't, I hardly remembered. I said, oh, okay. I said, why did you send it? And she said, well, it's just, what I do is I copy it, and I send it to people because it helped me. So wow. <laughs> I thought maybe it helped other people. So she, I said, well, what did I say? <laughs> and she told me, and I said, well, would you send it to me? <laughs> so she sent it to me, and I looked at it. And, and you know, it's like a lot of things you think, I, I can't believe this would, you know, that, she really, really, this helped her, you know. So I thought, well, if it helped, okay. So I made it into a little um, booklet. It's called Dear Kathy. And uh, we have some little counseling booklets that we use for women. And that's probably the most used yeah. booklet that we have that kind of tells 
gives a story and what what God it doesn't really give the whole story, but it kind of t- shows what God showed me about the fact that that was not his baby, that was not my baby, that was yeah. his. And we'll have in the show notes where you can get the dear Kathy, right? And mm-hmm. and um, and again, let me give one other thing, and I'll let uh, Carol and, and Rachel, you know, say what you want to say. So another way God used this. Uh, with David in our life. We were at the funeral, so we decided to have a funeral, as Gretchen said. So our, our pastor was, uh, at this time, was Will Sin, who now pastors in Colorado. And he brought the message, and we had extended family. It's a very small service, but it was we wanted extended family. And actually, it, it was my brother-in-law's mother was there. And uh, Pastor Sin went to the passage in Second Samuel. And Second uh, Samuel twelve twenty three, when David... You know, when they had um, their child was born dead, and King David said, I will go to him. And so very clearly, he, he, he gave the biblical hope that the infants, you know, uh, where are they? What happens when a soul is formed? And he gave the biblical hope that this child is in heaven, that David had the promise under the inspiration that David will go to him. And my brother-in-law's mother who this has probably been 40 years earlier, mm-hmm. had this happened to her, and for 40 years she had no idea mm-hmm. what had happened to that infant spiritually. Mm-hmm. So you just never know, you know, what God, how God is going to use. It gave her, it gave her a lot of comfort. Uh, it, it gave her so much comfort. Too. Comfort. That's 2 Corinthians 1 being mm-hmm. lived out. Mm-hmm. So we really mm-hmm. don't know how God can use uh, these situations. All right, so um, Gretchen, first anything else you want to say, or really, and this would be women helping women. So we're challenging churches here. Have ladies prepared, and, and again, um, we'll have Carol Losher and and Rachel Burla's emails in the show notes. Where ladies, if you need some comfort or help, as well as Gretchen's email, uh, you can do that. So Gretchen, anything else you want to add to this? I, I like the way you keep using the Second Corinthians three, where it says the God of all comfort, who comforts us, and all our. Second Corinthians uh, one three. Second Corinthians one, yeah. excuse me, one yeah. verse three, mm-hmm. and he says it comforts us in all our tribulation, not so that we'll be comfortable, right, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that we will use that comfort to comfort others. And there, and, and I think if so a that person we'll be comfortable, is my translation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I think I think. Uh, the main thing is when we see God using something like that, that, that is a great source. Even, wow, to know that there's purpose, yeah. that God is not random. He is very purposeful. His, he wants to make us uh, like Christ. And the same things happen to us that happen to the world, worldly people who don't know God. But we need to have a different focus. We need to have a different response and we need to see those as trials that have been entrusted to us to be able to help others in this sin-cursed world where there is a lot of death and suffering, and yet we have a God that, that ministers to us and uses, uses those things for his glory. Good. Rachel, anything you want to? I, I really like how you say he's entrusted that trial mm. to us, mm. and he walks us through it. And not many people know that my husband is handicapped, Mm. And I remember asking him years, you know, 
yeah. when we were early married and why did God allow this in your life? And he's just like, well, and he kind of joke about it. You know, I, I'd be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, but when we got to Africa yeah. in 1997, the first time we went there, he says, now I know why. Yeah. Because he, he you can lived, see the purpose. He yeah. lived, yeah, and it's you've got to Amen. look at it. Is that God has a reason for this, and don't fight him, no. but allow him to use you. Because if you're not willing to be allowed, allow him yeah. to use you, then you're just going to fade. And you know, yeah. he'll, he'll find somebody and Mar- else. Mark has embraced that. Oh, he has. Yeah, and he it's has. part of his. his and yeah, there's yeah. a there's a village there with a lot of handicapped people, and I know Walter had gone in. Mm-hmm. Carol's husband had gone in, and they received him fine. Right. But when they when Mark walked in, there was an instant bond. Instantly, yes. instant yeah. bond. And same with the women wow. we, that have wow. gone through the stillbirth or the yeah. miscarriage. There's that bonding there that that knows no bounds. I mean, yeah. you can just reach out to anybody mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. has had that. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter their background, no. their culture, their color, nothing. You wow. have that bond. That's amazing. Dr. Losher, anything else you want to add to this? Um, sort of a medical bent to this is that a loss implies grief. And really, grief is very crushing. And it's an injury to the soul. And so I think that what pastors and church people have an opportunity to do is to help people to redirect and rebuild in a biblical way. And if we have an injured arm we put a cast on it so that it heals well and not out of place and so there is a danger in pregnancy loss that the the mind and the emotions and even the spiritual life can heal in an unhealthy way and this is where i think church and church people can come alongside and support especially initially in the grief but as the process continues to help redirect and rebuild from a really biblical perspective to make sure that God's sovereignty and not guilt, you know, oh, I'm guilty. I had this loss that I knew something wrong can be replaced with no God is perfectly sovereign and he directed and he took, he gave and he took that kind of thing. That that would be my emphasis. Great. Thank you so much. All right, ladies, thank you. Um, And again, we'll have um, the show notes where you get the details for um, Rachel's email, Gretchen's email. Uh, Dr. Losher's email, but thank you so much for your ministry. And Carol, just again, when we walked through this as a couple, Carol was right there. Mm-hmm. So I challenge any physicians listening to this, have compassion, uh, as Dr. Losher has shown so many. And then may we as a church show that compassion of Christ as we minister to those in our midst. All right, Rachel, thank you. Thank you. Thank Gretchen, you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dr. Losher, thank you. Great to see everyone. And we trust this will be a blessing to others. So for those listening, thank you for tuning in to ReChurch, sponsored by GFA Missions. And anything we can do for the ministry of the church, gfamissions.org is the place you would go. And thank you all for being here. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.